torrential rains in the Midwest, busy show weekends, and a lot of Adga news make for a busy podcast this week. This 34th episode of Goat Gab finds Cameron and me spending a lot of time exploring current events and whatnot. Join us. Welcome back to another rendition of Goat Gab. As always, I am the ever sunburnt Cameron. <laughs> and I'm the growing gills because it's been so stinking wet, Laura. <laughs> and we are happy to be here this week on another episode of Goat Gab. Yes, we are excited. This will be a fun one. Um, it's always fun to receive feedback from people. Don't you think, Laura? Oh, yeah, we love it because, you know, really, we want... We have a lot of fun doing this, but we want you all to have fun listening to it, of course. And uh, so anytime we can get feedback, that helps us to do a better job or tells us what you want us to talk about. So, yes, I love it. And this was an episode. Well, basically, the the feedback we got is Laura and Cameron, you know, we like the structuredness of the podcast, with the specific topics and everything we do. But also, I like when you two just talk. So. Um, in the spirit of listening to our audience, I think Laura and I are just going to talk today. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yes. Uh, Laura, you went to a goat show. Yes, we went to our first show. It was so much fun. Um, it was just Caroline and I. So Caroline's my youngest, for those of you that don't know her. And I think this is maybe the first time that we've gone to a show together that wasn't just a little 4-H show. So it was a lot of fun. We drove to Norman, Oklahoma. So that was about seven hours away from um, where I am. So kind of a nice little trial run for heading to Louisville, which is just a little bit farther than that for us. So um, we hadn't, we've never shown at this show before and it was just a delightful show. It was, um, we just took six milking does and, um, got there about nine 30 Friday night showed Saturday. We were on the road again by three o'clock and made it home by ten thirty. So it was, it was a lot of fun, wonderful people. So the heart of Oklahoma folks giving a big shout out to you guys, Talitha prophet, Yolanda Patterson, uh, Burton, it was wonderful. We just had just had the best time. It was laid back, friendly, just great people. So thank you for putting on an awesome show. Awesome. I think that's what we love to hear. It sounds like is um, having great show experiences because we've all been to shows where um, there's not so great show experience. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of that makes the show or breaks the show is the cooperativeness of the show committee and, and you know, there were laid back and and had the show moving at a good pace we had two judges that did a great job of keeping in pace with each other and um you know just made a nice clip i think they said they were just shy of 300 animals so the other cool thing about this show and we didn't show at it but friday had a sanctioned youth show and i just think that is so wonderful when shows are able to put those on to let kids have a chance to do that so um just a big shout out to the heart of Oklahoma crew. They did a great job. Yeah. I would say that's definitely more of a common thing in in your district, district five, especially in Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana does that. Um, uh, A couple shows down there. I would say that's a bigger thing down there, but I always appreciate that because there's not just a lot of youth shows, especially in my district, district four. 
No, which is interesting because District 4 has so many. I mean, there. So I'm looking at the number right now. District 4 has the most youth of any district in ADGA as of March 1st of this year. Did you know that? I did not. I did not. They have 547 youth members in District 4. Hmm. Interesting. Did not know that. Um, I will say that youth membership can be a bit convoluted because I guess if you're in the know, as the kids would say, if you know, you know, um, your parents might sign you up for a full membership as a as a kid um, because they want to use your vote to vote for directors and other things. True. Yeah. True. So there may be even more youth members mm-hmm. in District 4, like kids that are youth age, but have an adult membership. The other, I think the other advantage to, to having that adult membership when you're not an adult yet is um, every year that you pay for an adult membership counts towards your lifetime membership. Whereas if you're a youth, it's one for every two years, you get a year credit towards it. So that's, yep. you know, there, there's pros and cons each way. Yep. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Laura, I, I knew, how was it? I, Cause you had told me, obviously, for those that don't know, me and Laura communicate outside of the podcast. We don't just talk to each other on the podcast. I would say over the last 20 days, I've probably talked to Laura more than I've talked to my fiance. So Laura and I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> but I will, you had mentioned that you did not get to stay with your animals at this show because they closed the barn. Right. And how was that? Yeah, so that made me a little bit nervous. And and actually, it's kind of funny. Um, when we came back in the next morning, uh, we had kind of blended some pins together to give them a little bit more room to spread out a little. And I noticed some different fasteners on our pins. And, and uh, the show chairman <laughs> let us know that our goats decided to bust through some zip ties that we had shedding some pins. And uh, found themselves a, a nice little spot laying together on the floor in front of a pen. Why they thought the floor was more comfortable than the shavings in their pen, I don't know. But um, anyway, so, you know, it was one of those cases that, yeah, had I been there, I would have known that they had an escapee. Thank- thankfully, the show committee took care of it. But, yeah, it always makes me a little nervous not to stay with my animals uh, when I go places, especially a new place that I'm not real sure about. But. What do you think about that, Cameron? I I agree. I, and I'm I again. If you ever see me at a goat show, um, I'm a, I'm a nervous. I'm I'm very 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 um, hands on. I'm very intense. I'm very um, I'm a ball of nervous energy, especially that day before the show because I want my goats to make when I go when I go to a show. So I feel like the best opportunity for them to make milk is me being there. So I can watch water during the night. I can get them hay if they need it during the night. Um, just making sure that they have a great experience, for lack of a better term, because they're in a place where they don't know. You know, they are not in their homeostasis. And they and they know that. And my prima donnas, I can't even imagine them without having hay because they would scream the next morning when they see you. They'd be like, where's my hay, human? You know, I just, I, I, I don't like the concept of not, staying next to them the night before a show. Yeah, me me neither. And um, when I first 
when I was a, a youth in dairy goats, I learned a lot from some mentors of mine um, who taught me really d- the night before you show you're up every couple hours, checking on the water, checking on the hay, um, encouraging them to eat, um, you know, try a different kind of hay, try a different kind of feed, you know, maybe they want some beet pulp and, and all of those things that, that you just kind of do during the night. And I think my daughters have learned that from me too. You get up and, and you pay attention to your animals. It's not, it's not a time to just party or to sleep or, or, or whatever. And and some people, their animals do just fine when they're not with them at night, but it just makes me really nervous to do that too. Yeah, I agree. Catherine's been throwing around, Hey, we should get a living quarters and we get a trailer. I'm like, no, I want to sleep next to my ghost. I don't want to be at my, my trailer, you know, I, that just makes me nervous. Plus alpines are mischievous. It sounds like at least mine are, and yours are as well. They like to get out of their pen. Uh-huh. And I, we've talked about this before. You said this doesn't necessarily hold true in your district, but it seems like in my district, it's always alphabetical order at a show, which means alpines are always first, which in my book means that you don't have a lot of uh, wiggle room if you have animals that didn't utter up well, you know, if you're showing a sonnen, you've got several hours to get to the S's if, if you're running alphabetically, but um, it, most of the shows that I show at, there's no wiggle room, either they're uttered up first thing at eight o'clock in the morning or you're screwed. So I, you know, I'd like to be there to make sure that, that I can take care of that. But this show, it worked out fine. We, you know, it was, they, they did fairly well with uttering up despite the fact that we have not seen sunshine here for probably 14 days and it's rained every single day. I swear my goats are growing gills so that they can breathe. (laughs) Did you get any pictures while you were there, Laura? Just a couple. Um, but not show pictures, not uttered up pictures. It happened to be, um, um, when they were in the ring and they weren't full of milk at that point, but it was, it, it was okay. We had fun and hopefully next weekend I'll have all three of the girls. So you know, they already, I've already planted that bug in their ear. Hey guys, let's try to get some pictures if we can. <laughs> so that's, that's well, what the plan is. Well, I really like when you have three people to take pictures of a show. One, obviously to hold the goat, one to take the picture. And then the third, you back at the bed milking, especially if you do have a machine. Or even right. if you by hand, because you're like, I know how uncomfortable you are, girls. I want to get you milked out as well, um, but uh, I, I, I got to get you pictured first. Right, and and if you have even four people, one can be milking, one can bring bring goats back and forth, and then while they're waiting there, they can you know throw the the uh, noisemaker or glitter or whatever is trying to keep the attention of the goat. So you get those beautiful ears up alert look pictures. So yeah, those are, that's those are hard. hard. Those are hard to come by. I will say. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your weekend, Cameron? Uh, I was just busy. Like I slept three goats on Saturday and then um, this, uh, this is stuff with my family. And then I, me and my dad clipped 11 goats on Saturday and then I had a graduation party. And then I went to my fiance's house and clipped six goats. Me and my father-in-law clipped six goats. Uh, he clipped he clipped the bodies of two. And I will say, if I had my father-in-law clipping at my place, my job would be a heck of a lot easier. Um, what a nice bonding experience for you guys. That's so cool. Yeah. 
Um, he was like, yeah, it's been a while. I just wanted to see if I could do this again. He's like, yep, I still, I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we Fun. did some hooves. Then we did some hooves. And we, he, he's like, I just, I went to go put the goat away and the other one was already out. And he just put her on the stand and started doing her. He's like, I just got to make sure I can still do it. It's like, you go, David, you go. I love it. That's awesome. So we did that. And then Sunday I got up at 530. So today is Sunday. We're recording. And um, I we I got up and drove to Wisconsin, dropped off a buck, um, and came back. Toured the guy's farm. He's got a commercial dairy up there. So um, always nice to see some different facilities, some different ideas. I love this parlor. I mean, you could have drove like uh, – I mean, he had um, – Double-sided parlor, so so two um, two things of concrete, and he could put 40 does in his parlor, or 36, 36 does in his parlor, both sides. Um, but you could drive like like a, a four-wheeler through his aisle in his parlor. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. I think my goats might be a touch bit too long to fit in their parlor because they're, it didn't look like they're the width of their um, um, stand was is, was very, or excuse me, yeah, the width of their stand was very long, was long enough to fit my long goats, but I'm assuming he can do it because he uses a lot of the same genetics that I do as well. So that was interesting. Oh, cool. Okay, one other thing I wanted to bring up was he had this interesting concept of where his kid barn had heated floors instead of heat lamps. Wow. So the bedding stays warm. Yeah. So, yeah, so the floor stays warm. And then um, when he cleans it out, he's, he's got it all rigged up to where the the pens can slide in and out. So he can just pop the pens out, make things bigger, make things smaller if he needs to. Um, and then they all open up to an, a big alleyway. And then he just pushes, they just push all of the bedding when they strip it out to the middle. And then he just comes in the bobcat and pushes it right out. I think it's a it's a genius move in addition to the heated floors. Very cool. That would be yeah. that would make it so easy. I feel like it would. Um I, I again I love how flexible they were. Um with it you could slide the, the, the grates in and out. You could get them off the power wash. He was like, yeah we power wash them every single one every single next kidding. Um you know the heated floors he's like I don't but the thing is that I was worried about with those might be the ammonia smell with the heat right. force. And he's got a ventilation system in there. But he, he told me wow. that he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't pay. He, it's all propane and everything. He heard there was a barn fire somewhere because of the heat lamp. He's like, I don't want to deal with that. So he built the heated, he put the heated floors in. Did he say anything about how much that costs to put in? I'm just kind of curious. $7,000. is what he Wow. I, but I don't well, feel like that's much. I mean, like it's expensive. It's, I mean, it's expensive. I will say, but if you're doing a lot of kids, and then you can use it almost as a multi-purpose room during the winter after you clean it out too. Like you could use it as like a shop. You could use it as like it. Like they, he told me he'd use it like host parties before as well in there because you know it's a warm room and in Wisconsin it gets cold. Yeah, that that's just kind of a cool idea. And really $7,000 over the course of a long time, that that works itself out pretty easily there. Yeah, I would say that as well. Especially, and especially think, compared to a barn fire. 
Yes, the barn fire and the, the cost of electricity, obviously, as well. He uses he used um, propane to, to heat it all. Um, but uh, I thought it was an interesting concept. I really, really liked it. I would I would be like, okay, if I were to implement this, I think I could, but I need a whole new structure. You know what I'm saying? I've just set it all up, obviously, but it is a cool concept. And, and he's like, I love it. Very cool. So very neat. Yeah, I, I I love field trips. I will say that I love. I think whenever you go to someone else's barn or operation, I like to just notice things and and then take little things away. Like I love. He had another structure that like basically all the pens could latch to each other, and he could build pens within pens if he needed to. Oh, neat! Did he have them custom built? Yeah, he had a custom built. By an Amish dude, he told me. He said he built it in six Saturdays. Wow. Very neat. Um, you know, speaking of trips places, we haven't really talked on this podcast at all about the training conference that you went to a couple weekends ago. No, I guess we haven't because we had Audrey on, obviously. And uh, once we had Audrey on, um, that came out last week so after, or before the training conference. Or excuse me, reported before the training conference released after that, just so we could have our ducks in a row and make sure we're getting out content on time for our listeners that are hungry for goat content. Right. So talk about what it was like. Stressful. Um, I think that, <laughs> that that's the best word to put it because um, to, to break it down for those that have never been to a training conference here. And I, you know, if you want more information, Anna talked about it too on a podcast we did with her. Anna Thompson Hedge, or Hedge, no, excuse me, Thompson Hedge, excuse me, talked about it as well um, on a, a separate podcast we did. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Um, but but there are different areas of this uh, that you have to score. In. So there's uh, a test score, written score. So you're spending time before um, studying for that test, and that's on Saturday. There's a placing of animals score. Um, so that's looking at live classes and then placing them and, and making sure you're within a percentile of the um, the panel or the experts that come in and grade you and grade the animals for this. And then there's the presentation and accuracy of reasons part as well. So the presentation is how you deliver the reasons and, and what that looks like in a show ring and, and what it would be in terms of organization. And then accuracy of the reasons is what you actually see. And what you, um, whether it's correct or not, per the panel's opinion. So you're you're getting evaluated as soon as you give those reasons. It's it's nerve wracking. It's very nerve wracking if you've never been. Um, so so just to just to clarify, you you can't just pass on making accurate placings, but a big part of it is being able to verbalize those placings that you've made and in the reasons behind them. Yeah. So you really, I mean, it's really a trifecta of things when you think about it. It's, it's, do you have good reasons? Can you talk about those? Can you be organized in your thought process? And can you be accurate in your thought process as well as what you're seeing in terms of the goats? The second is a test. So do you understand how to fill out a report of awards? That report of awards is a complicated document. I will say um, at some point, I would hope it would go web-based and we could work through it like a, with a wizard tool or something. If you don't know what a wizard tool is, um, a wizard tool is like it takes you step-by-step step on how to fill it out. 
Um, and uh, then uh, the third trifecta is how you see animals in, compared to what the panel does. Do you see animals correctly? And do you see structure? Do you see function? Do you see memory systems? So um, it's a, if you've never been through it, it it's an interesting experience. Uh, I think everyone that wants a very good understanding of it should audit it first before they kind of go in and get their feet wet on it um, and really see kind of what it is. And I guarantee you're going to learn something. Or if you even bring animals, if you have a training conference in your area, um, that's huge too because you'll be able to get a lot of judges' opinions on your animals um, uh, in, a, in one day. And um, think about it as well. You bring those animals in and maybe, you know, they see you and they'll be like, oh, your herd, da, 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 da. I saw some really nice overhoppings in Ohio, for example. And, you know, they'll be able to pinpoint, okay, there's nice overhoppings in Ohio. I wonder who that could be. And then it just shrinks the circle there as they talk about it too. So um, I think there's a lot of benefits there, but the TC was interesting. I've also heard people who were handlers at that TC who came away with a really um, enhanced opinion, I think is a good way to put it, of what it takes to become a judge and maybe a little more compassion for how hard it is to be a judge. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I've been a handler. I've brought my own goats to TCs. I've listened to people literally destroy my goats. My fiance brought goats to a TC one time and she almost cried because they rip, I mean, they rip your goats in and out. You have to have thick skin to bring your goats to a TC, but you will learn more about your goats by bringing them to a TC and being engaged in those conversations because they have such in-depth discussions on said animals. Oh, I think that's really cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm just going to throw this out here. You were successful yes, in, I was. in uh, renewing your license. So that's that's got to be oh, a sigh of relief after it's over because I, yes. you know, I, I can remember what that's like. People are crying, uh, popping Xanax puking through those training conferences because there's just so much so much at stake and and it's just so hard to get through so yeah so i mean not when saying you think about one it, of the crying pukers well so. i might no i will um I, I will say i just didn't i did not just obviously keep my license i i advanced to a four-year license as well so um i got my four year um which means i'm i'm good to judge goats through 2026 i think and plus the powers that be say i can't the only person I could think about that would say no to that would be Catherine. So, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I I am I'm happy it's done for four years. Um, but it's it's strange because you go to these TCs and you might not know these people, but you build a camaraderie with these people. Oh yes, I can I can totally see that. And and honestly, I can remember several people who were at my very first TC that I went to. And I still consider them friends. And, and when I see them at shows, they're still judging. I'm not. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And, and it, yeah, it, it's a lifelong friendship that you get after that. Because you kind of feel like you've you've gone through the, run through the gamut together. So, yeah, there's a lot of gossip that's held. There's lots of dinner. I mean, there's there's at least two nights of dinner. So I, I went out with some friends and that's always fun. And um, there's, I mean, there's always, you're swapping stories and you're, it's just it's a really good time after the TC. During the TC, it kind of it kind of stinks. To be honest with you, it's not a it's not a fun process. It's stressful. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. I probably paid all in all 
Um, I'm thinking here, I'm doing the math. Uh, for um, I was probably six hundred dollars worth, and I would say I'm on the cheap side of that. Six hundred dollars—that's super cheap for a TC. I didn't go to the the um, free TC, which I honestly do recommend because that gets you into the mood of it. I didn't. Um, I didn't obviously stay an extra night like some people did that were flying out. I didn't have to fly either because it was in Ohio, so it is an expensive weekend, and you do hope to get your license out of it. But if you don't get your license, I do think you do come away with some tidbits, more understanding of, of dairy goats, and better tools in the toolbox to evaluate your fern as well. Well, and I'm going to bounce off of that, Cameron, for a little plug, just throwing this out here. If you want to attend a pre-training conference, we are holding one in Missouri in June. And we still have some openings. So uh, message me, get in touch with me if that's something you're interested in, because we'd like to have a good turnout. And it's been a long time since we've had one around here. It, I can't remember the last one we had. And they're they're very helpful. And, and you learn so much out of them. And it's not just for people who want to become judges. It's, it's for anybody who really wants to dissect that scorecard and really get behind the eyes of a judge and see what a judge is seeing when they look at your animals. So it, it's a good time. And I will say, not to toot his own horn or anything, but the, the instructor that Laura has hired, I've heard is one of the, the best instructors from feedback I've heard. I've been through a pre-TC with him. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it, but I also, also live with the guy. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, it's Cameron's dad, but, you know, he's he's pretty awesome. And it'll, it'll yeah. be a good training conference. So, as I said, if you're interested in being part of it, get in touch with me and, and we'll make it happen. So. Yeah, I yeah I I think you know on the on the training conference thing. I think um, when you if you ever go to a training conference and and you you know you're always going to come away with something. Um, you might not get the expected result you want, but you're always going to learn something, and they're always going to give you feedback, whether that's good feedback or bad feedback. Um, the way I look at feedback, feedback is a blessing. At least that's what I say to myself. Um, because not all feedback is given sometimes. Um, I just wish sometimes if I were to criticize um, the, the program at all, I wish I would get more feedback um, live in in giving reasons compared to you did this, this, and this. I wanted something that would, that would gauge where I was at in terms of getting a license or not. That makes sense. Or maybe it makes sense to you. Oh, yes. It totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Because how, how do you know if you can improve if people don't tell you specifically what to improve on? So, yep. for yep. sure. Yep. So, yeah, it was, it was a good TC. Um, you know, we got some new um, judges that will be coming out of it. I think three apprentices did pass. Um, some, I mean, there will be some shuffling around as well. Um, looking at the broader picture, though, I do wish we had a way to thinking about judges. We need more judges. Laura, would you agree with that? Yes, we need yeah, more we judges. Do, we do need more judges, and because that's the problem, there's over a thousand ADGA shows a year. A thousand of them. There's a hundred. There's like a hundred and ten judges, something like that. Laura, does that sound right? I think so. So, and and there are judges on that list that don't judge. Yep, that's where I was going with this. So. You know, you you think, okay, maybe every judge has to do nine shows a year on av to average it out to think about that, who's on that list and all. And I was going through it the other day, actually, and what I found out in some research is that over half of those people that have their actual license, not the apprentices, 
They actually have their license. They have their, um, what is that called? Their advanced judges status. Okay. So what that means is they've been judging for 14 plus years and but they've passed certain qualifications on that. So they might be older. They might be more experienced. They might be more entrenched, maybe with their own herd. So they don't have the opportunity as much to go and, and judge. And that's something that, that um, I would love to get more opinions about from people, um, you know, different people. So I think about um, maybe Jennifer Bice. I, I wish, you know, she would come and, and judge a show for, for me because I would love to get her opinion on things. But obviously she's managing Rebel Hills and, and other things as well there. So that's just an example. You know, I, I wish some of the bigger breeders would get out and judge, but I also understand that caveat that, hey, they need to be managing their own animals or maybe go to shows as well. So obviously shows don't always happen. At the, I mean, shows happen at the same time. Right. It, and, you know, that brings a thought up that I had driving home, actually, from Oklahoma, thinking about judging and, and how that works out. If you are actively showing your own herd, sometimes you're going to have to um, make a decision. Do I want to judge or do I want to show? Because I know that in trying to find judges for some of the weekends for the established shows that we have around here, those are the weekends that everybody has shows that weekend. And a lot of times the judges that we'd like to try to get are like, uh, no, that's my club show that weekend too. I can't get it. I, you know, I can't judge for you. And, and I think it becomes difficult. We want, we like to see judges that are active active breeders and and you'd like to see them be successful breeders which yeah. means for some of them that they are showing their own animals but how do you do that if you're also trying to show let's go with your average not if you're trying to judge nine shows a year and you only have x number of weekends during a year to judge those shows how do you also show your own animals i mean it's it's kind of rough yeah I, I agree with that on there. I know, for example, I'm, I'm counting in my brain here. I think I'm doing six or seven shows. Excuse me. I'm drinking some coffee here because I have some more work to do after we record this. But um, I, I, you know, speaking about it, I'm judging seven, I'm judging seven shows. And I would say me judging seven shows, that's on the, the high side for me. And then I plan, I, I counted this the other day, if we go to every single goat show we want to go to, 11 goat shows. That is 18 weeks out of the year. That is four months I am at goat shows. Four weekend months. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that is a lot. That's a lot of commitment. And you have life too on top of goats. I mean, okay, for obviously. Wait, I do? Wait, goats I are do? pretty important. <laughs> I'm very yeah, confused. Okay. Well, what is this life? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that your fiance likes to see you and probably not every minute of the time that you guys spend together. Does she want to talk goats? So well, that's a lie too. I will say that for her. That is not true. She just <laughs> said the other, she was texting me. She's like, I miss talking to you about the goat. Well, we really haven't talked about anything when she's on night shift. That ends. That'll end by the time this podcast drops. But, um, I was like, yeah, I know soon it'll be over. We can, Kind of go back to a normal schedule, but not really, because she's in bed school still. So, um, a just more, a little longer, Cameron. You guys a, can a more, make it. I complain on this podcast that vet school is like the baddest thing in the world. It's not. Well, it's it's not great. I will say though, for anyone that might be a prospective vet school student, it's not. It's it's not the greatest thing in the world. But if you want to do that and you want to pursue that, who might have stop you? But I'll just tell you that there are some. You have to balance life as a 
life, being an adult, so making real adult decisions while being a student as well. And then potentially, if you have ghosts, that's probably the majority of people that listen to our podcast, you have to balance them as well. And I, I will say it, it is hard. Yeah, it is. I, I would, I would say that too. There's a lot of things that, that are, it's hard to find balance. I was talking with a, a really amazing um, young adult goat breeder at this show. And I'm not sure that she listens to this podcast. So I, I'm, I'm not going to call her out, but we were talking about ha- looking at opportunities that arise. And, and I said, you know, sometimes it's just important to remember that there's an art to sequencing things in your life that maybe you have to step away from something that's really important to you for a while. And, and I know for me, dairy goats were that thing. I never thought that I would be without goats, but yet I was for 15 years. I had to focus on other things in my life, but when it was, when the time was right again, I got back into it and, and it wasn't a burden at that point. I could afford it and I had the time to do it. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. I think if I had held on to it by tooth and nail through those 15 years, uh, it would have been miserable. I probably would have ended up resenting it because I just didn't have the time and the wherewithal to do it the way I wanted to do it. So that's always something to keep in mind too. Yeah. Not saying that I agree you should you. get out of good, but just saying you can come back. Yeah. I, I will agree to that. Um, and I, I had someone say to me early, I mean, maybe the, maybe two years before I graduated, they were talking to me about it and they said, you know, Cameron, you don't have to get into goats right out of college. You know, I, that was not the smartest thing I ever did. Um, both from a resource management perspective and a time management perspective, um, because I didn't know how to be an adult while having all of these goats. So, um, and, and I was like, okay, and this is someone I really respect in the industry as well. So I, kind of took that to heart when I graduated college. Well, we're getting, we're kind of, you never know where this conversation is going to take us, Laura. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's for sure. All right. I guess I'm feeling, I'm feeling um, melancholy tonight. So sorry, sorry yeah. to jump into that, but no, just okay. there. So. so I'm looking down the list here. I haven't, let's, let's bring it back up here. Let's, let's bring back the energy here. Um, okay. I've got, I've got a new, word to introduce to the world of goats. A new word. I'm very excited. Uh-huh. I know what this is. Yes, I know. And We've you were talked like, about yes. it in my family this weekend. Yes. Yeah. It is called a barn bum. A barn bum. And I got a, I got a whole bunch of them out there right now in my barn. Barn bums. And it makes so, you angry. It does make me angry. A barn bum per the Webster's Dictionary of Cameron. That's not an official thing, but a barn bum is a doe that does not reproduce herself while continues to slack in the milk parlor and could be seen as the bottom goat on the totem pole or a goat that you could probably get rid of and does not hold sentimental value. So I got like three barn bums, maybe two barn bums. There's some that lack some sentimental value that are kind of hitting the bums, but they haven't reached the barn step outside but i got at least one barn bum out there that she needs to go yeah i think everybody probably has a barn bum yeah yes i have called captain's goats some of her goats barn bums she does not like that she says well i I think it's one of those things go ahead ahead. i'm sorry no she says i'm hurting their feelings (laughs) well and that's so 
so yes, I've had barn bums. And what I have learned is that the owner of the barn bum really needs to come to that realization in their own head because otherwise they're going to get mad if somebody else tells them that it's, you know, it's, it's a personal thing. You've got to come to that decision that this animal really isn't, it's not worth keeping them in the barn anymore. Yes. Yes. So that is our word. We should do a word of the week. That's what we, a phrase of the week. The barn <laughs> bum. I oh, got yes. It. Yes. Um, no, that barn bum will be leaving Memorial Day. So um, I'm very excited for her to go. I think, I hope. As long as, well, that's good. As long as, yeah, as long as the auction's open still. Um, which I should, it should be, and it should be a good market as well. You know, you think Memorial Day, no one's really like working or anything. Well, they should be if they're, if they're a farmer, but if they're working on like, a corporate job and then farming on the side too, they might be on the auction, you know. I think that sounds, that sounds wonderful. And maybe she's going to be a superstar for somebody else. You know what? Someone's someone's barn bum or your barn bum could be someone's superstar in their barn. You know what? They could be right. a super. That's right. Not a a not a. I'm not gonna say a super bum, but not a super bum. Um, I don't even know. Yeah, I think up. I think that's a. I think that's a good thing to to remember, though. Your mm-hmm. barn bum can be somebody else's um, barn star. So that yes. works. Yes, that works. Okay. It's enough for the word of the week. Laura, I think we need to talk about what's happening in your district. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, (laughs) so if you've, hasn't Facebook been, Facebook and social media has just been uh, one circus after another, another this year for ADGA. And I, it just, it's just sad because, you know, this is an organization that I love and I care so much about as I know many of our listeners do too. And it seems like we just can't get a break. You know, it started off with people being so upset about uh, pedigrees that were misrepresented or pedigree issues that needed DNA. And, and then that merged over into frustrations with uh, the national show rules and then problems with NG. And, and uh, so in my district right now, a big issue is uh, that it looks like we're going to be underrepresented for the next 17 months because we're not going to be able to fill um, a partial term for a director who for, uh, you know, a hard decision needed to step away from being a director. So uh, that's kind of in a nutshell, what's going on in district five. District five is one of, four districts in ADGA that only has three directors. So we're considered one of the smaller districts in, in ADGA. But having said that um, district five is the largest of the small districts. So uh, total membership, we've got 1904 members in district five compared to the other districts that have um, just three directors of a total of 822, 13 26 and um, 1266 and 1796. So we're the biggest small district, I guess is what I'm saying. So um, because, because this director resigned after the ballots were sent out, um, it looks like they're not going to let us fill that director's seat. That is a shame. 
Um, I I kind of read the wording from the Constitution, Constitution, Constitution and Bylaws Chair of that committee. I kind of read it. I was like, okay, yes, but but no at the same time. Like I didn't understand the wording. I didn't understand the interpretation of it. I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't see it um, like how they saw it. Um, I think it's I think it's wrong. That's the first in my my opinion. I am not in District Five. I have no horse in this race whatsoever. I'm just a man that has an opinion, and I'm going to say it. Um, I, I I think it's the wrong ruling. I think there needs to be some type of representation there. Um, and I think there are people out there that would represent the association well in District Five um, and, and be amazing on the board. Um, and you know, I'm not just thinking about who is running for the board this year. Um, in District Five right now, but other people as well. So I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. I don't get it either. I, I mean, I. Uh, so I read, I read the the reasoning behind what they said. You know, the ballots went out before that. So here's where my problems are. First of all, there's nothing in the guidebook, in the Constitution, in the bylaws that has a deadline that somebody needs to resign from their position. It, it doesn't say that at all. So that's mm-hmm. one problem that I have. So it's, it's difficult for somebody to say that. The second issue that I have is it says that that vacant seat will be filled during the next general election. And in my way of looking at it, that general election is going on right now. Yep. So would it be difficult for ADGA to send out um, an addendum to say you can nominate more than just, just you know, one person or, or whatever they need to? Or when it comes to the actual election, because this is just the nomination process, they would put, they would have two slots. You can vote for two people instead of just one. Yep. I don't think that would be difficult. And, and the way that I look at it, the whole um, intention of this section of our Constitution and bylaws is the, it's intended to not have an open seat in, in a district. It's intended not to leave a district underrepresented. And so I think if you follow the intention of the Constitution – District five should be allowed to fill that, to fill that position. Yes, I agree. I agree with you on that. I think there's been some other um, things as well that have not been followed as well. And I think maybe Laura or someone else brought to my attention that they needed, they were supposed to send out the ADGA memberships and guidebooks before they send out the um, ballot. Is that correct? Before or at the same time. And, okay. and the reasoning behind that is that people don't know who they can nominate unless they have a directory with the most up-to-date membership list. And, you know, the, it, it could be argued, well, now we've got social media and now we have email and people know, but not everybody does and not everybody chooses to be on Facebook and not everybody knows who's interested in running. So how do you know who you can nominate if you don't have that directory? If they're going to go by uh, the, the absolute strictest interpretation of the law, I don't know how they can say that the primary ballots that went out 
and that were turned in before the ADGA membership directories got mailed out are even valid. Yeah, I, I just, agree with that. Problems. I agree. I agree. I agree with that interpretation there. You know, if we're going to follow the guidebook word for word, we need to follow the guidebook. And that, I'm sure that language is written well before the days of the Facebook. Right. And, and you know, the people that, so it was also argued, well, uh, the membership directory was sent out, an email link was sent out to ADGA members. So they could have, they could click on that and see, see that through their email link. And that's true. And I received that email link on May the 1st, which is what our guidebook says that it's supposed to be done on or before May 1st. But not everybody has email that has dairy goats. There, there are people who don't have email. And so those are the people who have not opted to receive electronic communication from AGA. And, and they have been, I guess the word is disenfranchised from being able yep. to um, vote correctly in this election because they didn't have the things that they needed. So I, I think that there's a lot to look at. I, I don't know. I, I think that this is gone before the attorney and maybe it's, maybe I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but I just think it's really unfortunate because it seems to me very clear. The intention was the framers of our framers of our constitution, whoever wrote the constitution that we have wanted to make sure that districts had every opportunity that they could to have uh, the representation that they, that they deserve to have. Yes. Um, Side note here of this conversation. Do you think there was like a constitutional convention for Edgar to write our constitution, something like that. Like, you know, in U.S. history, we have that. I don't know. I wonder. I, I actually, <laughs> I would like to know. I don't know. I, I don't know who wrote the Constitution. I think it's um, that that would be an interesting uh, piece of history. Maybe that's something that Stephen Considine um, had written some articles about the history of ADGA, and I'll have to go back and look in yeah. some of my old United Ukraine news or or some of those other things to kind of see who, who actually wrote our constitution and bylaws. And, and, uh, and maybe this is something that our constitutional bylaws committee needs to take a really good look at and say, is this still working for the 21st century? Because you know, maybe we need to look at something different. We know we need to look at something different. I agree. Voting, so. Oh, for sure. I mean, let's be real on that. You know, nobody can, you know, it's hard. We get enough ballots that are thrown out as it is, you know, because you got to put an envelope in here, and then you got to put you got to put something in the first envelope, and then you got to put another thing. You got to put the first envelope in the second envelope with a sheet of paper, seal it up, and then you have to get your own personal stamp to put it on there as well. How many times? And this is this a real life scenario for me. On this is, I've literally filled out my ballot, but then never went and got a stamp. Right. Yes. I've done that before too. And I think about other organizations that I'm members of, all of our voting is done online. Oh yeah. I, and, I, buy and I would, well, I was going to say, I would argue that they are every bit as important or God forbid, maybe even more important than AGA. Yeah. And they don't I, seem to have an issue with online, with online voting. Every single quarter. So I, I buy, I invest, I, I dabble in the stock market. Not very well, but I dabble in there. And I, you know, consider, consider I own shares of a company. I get to vote on this. I get an email 
every single time I have to vote on something for a company. And I click on the email and click yes, no, yes, no, this person, this person, you know, whatever, and click send and then it's done. Like, if you don't think like a constant, like a, like a company's bylaws that can get around, um, you know, all of the legalese and everything else, and they can do an online voting system. Why can't a small dairy goat association adapt and get on that? Right. I, I just, we, we just need to pull the trigger and get it done. That just needs to happen. We've talked about it for how many years and it's time to do it. We know this, we know this is broken. We know it's not working right. Let's just do it. Oh yeah. I, I, there's so many other things. There's so many free tools that you could use as well for it. Oh, it's just, it's, it's so, I feel like it's so easy, but you know, they say it's, you know, there's fraud, examples of fraud, whatever, like, like you, you get, you take the good with the bad in my opinion. So, um, there's, yeah, it, it is what it is, but Anyway, let's move along here. Let's talk about, now that we're on Facebook, let's talk about other things on Facebook. I have some things I want to talk about that I'm seeing on Facebook, and it kind of goes back to some of our pet peeves we talked about, maybe. Okay. So my I first think thing, I know where you're going with this. There's, there's two of them, actually. We talked about this here. Um, ribbon, you take a picture with the ribbon over the top of the goat. That's a problem. And we need oh, to stop. Yeah. So you're holding this yes. here. You're holding the ribbon. And, you know, there's part of the ribbon is covering the goat. Maybe it's the props. Maybe it's the chine. Maybe it's the loin. Stop that, people. I am serious, okay? I don't want to see your ribbon. Tell me it was grand champion and then post the picture of the goat. Like, like that is my big thing. If I want to see the goat because, you know, the ribbons all look the same all of them look the same. It's not like some of these stock shows that have this humongous ribbon that runs like from your hip down to the floor or something amazing like that. We know what these ribbons look like. We want to see your beautiful animal. Show that, show your breeding off, show, show this animal that you've taken care of and you've shown to this wonderful win. Yes, I would totally agree. Cause honestly, when I see the ribbon on the back, I wonder, gosh, do they have a, bad front end or <laughs> is there something they're trying to hide or yeah. you know what's what's the problem here yes and one thing that also grinds my gears is when people put the ribbons in their shirt to like hold it and then they take a picture i think that just looks dumb <laughs> i don't think i've seen that i've i've, I've seen oh. them try to tuck it in the collar on the goat like yeah. you know, so they've got the collar up behind the goat's head, so it's you know at the at the throat, and then they tuck the ribbon there, and that poor goat's like trying to eat the rosette, yeah. or eat the ribbon, and I'm like to really take it down. I haven't seen it in the person's shirt. That's kind of cute. I okay, so I've seen it like in kids, and I get it. Okay, if it's a kid, he's happy, whatever. Like I can do that, but if you're an adult and you're doing that, that's just that's just weird. Cries like you. <laughs> I see about yeah, three of them. I, I see about three of them a year. I'm like, please just stop. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't do so, it. So I agree the, with that. The other thing I've been seeing on Facebook is, so you're in the best in show line. If you win best degree, grand champion, junior, whatever, you say you're you're saying she was she was part of the judges' top three for best in show. That doesn't mean anything, people. It's either you win the. It's either you win 
best in show or you don't. Like that that's it. There's no there's no reserve best in show. There's no second or third place but in best in show. There's there's best in show and that's it. Right. And the judge can say, and, and I think a lot of judges will do this really for my best in show. It comes down between these two people. Okay. That's okay. I mean, I guess you can tuck that in your pocket and give yourself a little bit of a warm hug with it, but probably isn't something that you need to brag. It's not bragging rights. I mean, it's not. Uh, oh, it, it's it just, not. It's don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't that, do it. It, 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 yeah. That's, I, I think it's, you know, say your best of breeds. Like, just get out of there with some class and say, hey, my goat was best of breeds. My goat was grand champion over X number of animals. You know, really, there are other ways to spin it besides saying, hey, I was, you know, I was, I was the runner, I was the runner up in a non-existent award that doesn't exist in the American Dairy Association. And I get it. I'm probably sounding kind of harsh right now, but it's just the cold hard truth. You know, I, that best in show to me, that's just a bonus. It's fun. If if you get a best in show, it's like, dang, I wasn't expecting that. Or, or I, I don't know. I don't win them often enough, Cameron. So I'm never expecting a best in show. I'm probably my animal's hardest critic. So I, I never expect that. Once in a while, I'll be out there and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm running. I'm I I'm running good here. You know, my animal looks good. I have a shot at this, but it doesn't disappoint me if I don't win it. I just think it, I think it just doesn't look real classy when you, if you go off about, well, I, I was reserved best in show or yeah, it was down to me and the other one and it could have been either way. Well, you know, it okay. was <laughs> no, and, and I, you know, <laughs> it's an honor you're standing out there. Think about it. Like you won your breed. Um, you know, that's a great bragging point in itself. That's a, that's a top, that's a top notch thing as well. And, you know, you kind of look out there and sometimes you might feel, okay, I feel like I got a shot at this, you know, and, and if you win it, great. If you don't, that's fine too. But, you know, being there, I feel like it's half the fun of it. Yes. And, and it's just, again, it's the icing on the cake to, to get a best in show. That's just, that's just a lot of fun. So don't, don't take anything away from the other person that won. Just yeah. be excited that you were there. Be excited you got to participate in it and and move on. And next yeah. time, maybe it'll be your time. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. I know, Laura, we wanted to talk about something. And it was talking about finishing goats. You wanted to talk about specifically finish goats and showing them at a different Oh, show. gosh. Yeah, so this, so this is a topic that I have received. And I, I've received several emails to me or messages to me asking about this. And here's what the scenario is, whether it's an animal who finished at the end of the year last year. And for some reason they never sent the papers in and got the championship put on the papers and the letter that they received from AGA has expired because those letters I think are only good till December 31st, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, or it's an animal that maybe they took to a four ring show this year and finished them in the first three rings. So now they're a finished champion and they know that things are really gummed up at Aga that they're not even processing show wins at all right now. So they're not going to get a letter stating congratulations. Your animal has met, met the requirements to be designated a permanent champion. 
they're not going to get papers back that have that CH designation on it anymore. And so, you know, what do they do? Is it okay for me to keep showing this animal? And especially in some of these cases, these animals belong to a youth who that is their best goat. That's their really their only milking doe or their only competitive milking doe. And now they're being faced with um, not showing it because they don't want people to come down on them and say, well, she, I thought she finished last weekend. Well, you're taking, you're cheating me from a leg. You're taking a leg from me because you're showing her in the regular class. So I'm just going to throw this out here because I want people to think about this. They're not cheating anybody of a leg. They have every right to show their doe in whatever class they want to. And no, you cannot show that animal in Champion Challenge until you either have that letter from AGA or it's affixed on their papers. And I am saying that correctly, right, Karen? As a judge, Correct. you can back me up on that. Correct. Okay. So that's what I, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. What do you think about that? I agree wholeheartedly. If you, again, I said this my fourth time saying this but I'll, I'll shout it for those of you that didn't hear um if you don't like losing to said goat breed a better goat is my solution to that there um you know that's that's the biggest thing uh, it's it, you know pulling animals out um after they get their leg after they get their leg or after they get their championship status that cheapens our legs that really devalues them and it says okay i one over you know 10 uh 12 goats that you know maybe two other goats have already won over so what's that saying about me i'm i'm the third best goat at this show so or maybe i'm the third best goat in this area so really think about that if, if you know you are one of those people that is staunchly uh, against that uh against you know and maybe bat, not bashing people but um constantly preaching well, why didn't you pull that goat why didn't you pull that goat um, well, don't you want other people to get legs? You know, it's, it's not about that at all. It's about wanting to show your goat. You know, you work hard. You work darn hard to take care of your goats, to get your goats ready for shows. And if you want to show them, by golly, show the goat. You know, who, who am I as another breeder to say, you can't show that goat because she's finished? I have no right to say that. It's your prerogative to show your own goat. If you want to, in whatever class you want to, I'm, you know, we can't stop you from doing that. And I'm not going to shame you as well as a breeder, as a judge, whatever. No. And I, I honestly, I'm just throwing this out here. I am really tired of the shaming that goes on over that. You yep. see it in the milking dough ring. And I think you see it even worse in the junior dough ring. Um, you know, if you're at a four ring show and you have a doe that wins grand champion in all four rings, that's one heck of a nice doe. Yep. I, that's, I mean, that's saying a lot, you know, and, and that doe probably should be, you should be thinking about nominating her for all American. You should be thinking about uh, repeating that breeding. If you think it's, it's a worthy breeding, but I mean, that's, that's quite a doe. And if people get cheesed off because, well, she already had a dry leg. You you kept her from getting a kept my doe from getting a dry leg because she went reserved to her in all four rings. Well, I'm sorry. Bring bring a different goat the next time or whatever. It no shaming, guys. Come on, we're think, all in this. We're all in this to have a good time. Think about it too from a monetary perspective as well. 
say for example it's four dollars to enter a ring, which is probably cheap um, compared to some shows I've seen. You know, and it's a four ring show, so you paid sixteen dollars to enter that goat into four ring. You know, say she wins in the first ring, okay, you're losing twelve dollars there by pulling. So really think about that as well. If they, if you're the one that's going to shame them, hey, they're going to lose money. Maybe they didn't bring bring a replacement animal for this one. They didn't think she was going to win. You know, you're going to they're going to lose money by not showing that goat in other rings. All because you hypothetically want to get a leg on your goat. Right. It and the other thing of it is too. Sometimes these. Sometimes it's a small breeder. Sometimes it's a kid. Sometimes I mean a youth. A, a yeah. Kid. That might be the only goat that they have. It really may. So why would you want to shame them? Talk about a good way to discourage people from getting into dairy goats. If they find out that they finally have a goat that's winning and everybody's shaming them because they won't quit showing them after they've won, that's terrible. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. So that's my soapbox this week. Yeah. No, I yeah, I think it's warranted. We're going into the heart of show season in the Midwest. And I know we do have a lot of Midwest breeders that listen to us. And I, again, I, I understand. One thing I will say, though, when I think about this, you know, I am considered a big breeder. Um, you know, we bring um, like backup goats. We bring other things in case, you know, one big grand. And we would pull it because we would, might have another goat in the wings. Or what we might do is we might pull it because we want one of our other goats to get a leg as well. So that's, that's, that's one thing as well. And we're not pulling them because we don't think they can win or, or, you know, we don't want them to do it again. We want one of our other goats to win as well. So, you know, we might see us, if you're at a show with, with my herd, do that. If we, if we uh, are out there and there are enough animals to make it sanctioned. But that's your prerogative to do that. Nobody yes. should shame you into doing that. That's, uh, that's kind of the whole thing. And I think, I think those of us that have, Maybe we have four intermediate kids, like almost all my kids are intermediate kids this year. So if I had one that, that was lucky enough to get grand, I may pull her from another ring, hoping that maybe her litter mate could get, you know, get a, get a grand too. I might get lucky, but um, I'm not, I, I've gotten beyond the point that I get mad when people will show an animal that has dry legs, because, you know, the fact of the matter is if I want to beat them, I better be, bring something uh, pack it a little bit more punch to it yep. than, than what I brought. So I agree. Just something to keep in mind. I know that people have different opinions on this and I'm not saying that I'm right and that we're right, Cameron, but I just want, I just think people need to keep that perspective in mind. Champion challenge classes don't have to be part of a show. Um, and if you think about it, nationals don't have a champion challenge class. So, you know, champions and, and non-champions alike all show against each other there and they do it just fine. Yeah. The, the best animal still comes out at the end. So, yep. I, I agree on that. I think, you know, I, I think it's an important discussion to have as we go into show season and, and whatnot. Um, there, going back to our title and whatnot, we're talking about a lot and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I think, Laura, to, to round out our discussion today, I think we need to talk about the biggest fire on the internet in the weird little corner of the world us dairy goat breeders are. And that's the Adga National Show. You, the Adga National Show. And, uh, yeah. Where to, even, where to even start on this? 
Oh, Hotlanta. It is a mess. There is people, there's people calling HIPAA and saying it's unconstitutional. And things are coming out of left field and directors don't really know what's going on. And it's, it's, it's interesting to watch, I will say. Um, and, you know, it's, it is interesting. So I think we start at the beginning. At one point, Edgar decided they so, won a national goat show. No. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I think the membership really wants it. So, so let's look at it that. And, and I'm going to bring up my mantra that I try to live by every chance I get, which is assume good intent. Mm-hmm. So assuming good intent I, I feel very strongly that the intent was let's have a national show the best way that we can have a national show. And so, you know, we came out with, they came out with those rules early on this year. Was it back in January? Maybe the first yeah. set of rules came out Yep, and they were very restrictive. Um, you know, no spectators, nobody can sit by the ring. If you're going to sleep in the barn, you have to sleep in a mask. I would just very, very, very restrictive. And there was a big hullabaloo about that. Anybody who's an ADGA has seen that. And I also think that we were heartened by the words, Hey, if things loosen up, if things at the Kentucky Expo Center loosen up, then Aga will consider loosening up these rules. These are kind of the worst case scenario rules is, is how I looked at it. What do you think, Cameron? Yeah, I, I agree on that. I, I was kind of the assumption that, Hey, as, as we got a vaccine rolled out and became more testable, you know, the, the, the rules would, would loosen up a little bit and they have a little bit and they, they, um, but they're not reflective of maybe the state's mandates or the policy of the Kentucky Event Center as well. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people are disheartened. By right. And people who live in Kentucky are, are saying, you know, we've, we've seen other events that they're holding at that expo center and we've been to other events at that expo center. And I don't think we're getting the full story as far as why ADGA is looking at things in such a restrictive way. I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying I'm saying that people are saying that we're not getting the whole story because for example, the Kentucky beef expo happened in March. And if you look at pictures and videos that they've had on their website of things that happened there, they had spectators, they had a big vendor area. You see pictures of people walking around. The majority of them do not have on masks. They have pictures of people uh, with their winning animals and they're not masked. And so you know, it it looks like that we're maybe not getting the full story about why the ADGA rules are so restrictive about this. I agree. Sorry, my mom just handed me a blizzard um, in the middle of recording. So, um, I will say um, there there there's not. You know, we had heard for so long that these were the facilities rules. This was the facilities rules. You know, this is the way it is. But as we watched on Facebook, the Kentucky Event Center do other things like you talked about. It's really not the Expo's rules now. It's Adga's rules. Right. So that kind of brings us, I I feel like that that's a, a good segue into the rules that have been released this week. So things have loosened up a little bit. The 
if you are fully vaccinated and you're going to be asked to provide proof of that, you don't have to wear a mask except for during vet check and milk check and tattoo check and while you're in the show ring, but you, you can take it off other times. Um, if you're not vaccinated, then you are expected to wear a mask all the time, unless you're sitting in your check pin or you're sleeping in the barn at night. So that's, that's nice that that's loosened up a little bit. Yeah. Um, they are going to let, they are going to let you watch the show so you can bring your own chair and sit down in a designated area at ringside and watch. So, you know, I think that's wonderful. And yeah. on the flip side of that, they're still not allowing spectators to come. And I think from what I've been seeing, that is what is, is bringing the biggest groans is the fact that they're not opened up to spectators. I agree. I think that again, the national champions are still going to be the national champions. Sorry, I'm trying to finish my bite of my blizzard. Um, the national champions are still going to be the national champions and be crowned obviously, but you won't have all that pomp and circumstance and the big roar and the, the crowd energy to feed off of. And, and you know, it'll, it's going to be different. Um, whether that's good, bad, or something in between, I don't like it. Because like you had talked about in, in a lot of different podcasts we've had, you know, if you want to go see good goats on a national scale and really see kind of what's happening at the national landscape, go to a national show. Don't take any goats, but go to a national show. That is the number one way that you can improve your herd. That's what I tell people all the time starting out. If you want to make a, <coughs> excuse me, a huge improvement in your herd, go to a national show. Can ask questions. Yeah, right. Ask questions. <laughs> see animals. Because the animals that you see in pictures are different from the animals that you see in person. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So... Yes, um, I did see some memes though that I've loved. I love watching District Three. It's always uh, I feel like I always need popcorn when I watch the District Three Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> and someone shared a person with all of their wristbands straight out of like 2008, and it said, "Add your members to the national show." <laughs> Where it's wristbands from wrist to elbow. Yes. 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 <laughs> and, I, and I felt like that was that's what it was going to be. Um, to be honest, um, but uh, uh, yes, sorry. I feel bad for our national show. I, I feel like our national show committee, there are some almost unachievable expectations for, for what they are going to monitor and, and try to adhere people to these rules. I don't know that they're going to have time to do anything else. I, I don't know how they're going to do this because the fact of the matter is the Kentucky Expo Center is a big area and there's lots of people who are doing lots of things in, yeah. and you can't watch everybody all the time. So it's going to be a nightmare trying to uh, make sure that all of these restrictive rules are adhered to and especially when these rules are over the top compared to the rules that you see at other livestock shows that you see happening at the Kentucky Expo Center. And frankly, the state of Kentucky is releasing all of their restrictions. Yep. Yep. So, 
So I know that we're running long, but this is kind of what I would like to know because I, I'm trying to learn more about uh, the board of directors and how decisions are made in ADGA. The national show committee came up with the original rules. One of which was to do away with the milk, with the milk out, with the milk check. And the board of directors overrode that is what I was told and added that back in because they felt that that was important. So now we look at the national show committee who's come up with these revised rules for the national show, but our board of directors have not had the opportunity to vote on these revised rules. They were given the opportunity to add some input. And from what I understand, they were they had said, we think we need to open this up to spectators. But that wasn't brought to a vote. It wasn't brought to a postal ballot. ballot. Um, our directors really have not had input now into these changes into the national show rules. So who's pulling these strings and who's, who's making these rules? And what type of checks and balances are there for our, for our, um, membership because this is our organization. This is our American Dairy Good Association. How does the membership get to have any say so into what they want? It seems like a handful of people have an awful lot of power that they're making these rules without input from the membership and from the board of directors. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Well I'm gonna go back I'm gonna backtrack here to the milk milk um check. And I thought that was ridiculous, to be honest with you. And I saw some directors defending it. Do you really want over or goats? Is it a national is a national show if not everyone's on the same playing field? First off, nobody's on the same playing field. Let's be real on that. You know, experience and time and understanding their animals and knowledge of goats is different across every single breeder. So there's never going to be an equal playing field. So that's the first thing. Second thing is going to go over to other goats. Well, we have judges that were voted on by the membership that said, hey, these people are capable and, qual- and qualified to judge the national show, all of which I agree with. I've worked with a lot of them. I think they are great judges, and they all have the ability to determine whether a goat is uttered, over-uttered or not, and they can ask to take if animals need to get their uh, get milked out uh, by the ring. And honestly, after someone does that once and they're embarrassed by that, they're probably not going to do it again. Never so, again. No, never, never again. That was that was that was my that was my second thought. My third thought is I keep getting emails about we need volunteers for milk check. We need volunteers for milk check or, or Facebook messages or everything or coming from different directions. Indian smoke signals. It seems like some days we keep getting that we need volunteers for milk check. Well, if the board of directors wants a milk check, why don't they volunteer to do it? Mm-hmm. Right. So that is that is my two cents unfiltered response to that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's good. And, and if we have directors who are listening to this podcast and they would like to speak up about the processes that go behind coming up with rules for the national show, um, because these rules are a big 
change from what traditionally has been held as a national show. And I get it that we're in a pandemic and the world has changed. I, I totally get that. And I'm going to say right now, I think Chillicothe, Missouri, I heard on the news is the hotbed of COVID right now in the state of Missouri. So I, I, I'm a nurse. I work in a hospital. I get it. And I, I don't, I'm not saying COVID isn't scary in, in all of this, but I also know life goes on and, and we live our lives. And I happen to think that dairy goat people are some of the smartest people that I've known and that we are adults and that we can make decisions that affect ourselves and affect our families to keep ourselves safe. I don't need somebody else to make those decisions for me. I will do what I feel like it, I need to do to keep me safe and to keep my kids safe. So, um, you know, the, the idea that I need big brother to make rules to protect me. I don't necessarily buy that. Yep. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly there. Um, yeah. The, the milk check thing just blows my, blows my mind. And I thought we were making progress on that. And all of a sudden things changed and, and it really grinds my gears. And then they're calling for volunteers for that. And they're calling for volunteers for other things. And, and, you know, there's a lot of volunteers that need to be there. But when when you need volunteers to, to check shows, to check goats in, to do vet check, to do, um, you know, they have a new one this year, ringside cleanup. Never had that in the past. But all of a sudden, we need more volunteers to do things that have never been around. And we're going to have less people because we can't bring in spectators or outside people to be volunteers as well. You know, that's, that's huge. So you are, and then yeah. on top of that, you're letting people go early. We're going to go, we're going to go long in this episode, but that's okay. Um, um, you're letting people go early and leave early and they might be your volunteers as well because they've stuck around. They might as well help out. So, you know, really it just, it just kind of blows my mind. The whole milkshake thing just really rattles yeah, it, it does the same for me. I I would wholeheartedly agree with that. That's just crazy. Just crazy. And okay, the other I thing I, we, I have, we need to get there. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say we'll get there. I mean it it'll be fine. We'll we'll get we'll get to some answers, but boy, it it's it's rough right now. It looks pretty dang rough right now. I agree. The last thing I was gonna say about the national show. People have cried that it is a HIPAA violation to ask for your status of vaccine. And Laura, I'm not in the healthcare field, but do you want to clear, like, shed a little light on what HIPAA means? Well, in a nutshell, if you are not a hospital, if you are not a doctor's office, if you are not a medical professional, HIPAA doesn't really have anything to do with this. HIPAA, HIPAA talks about your right to privacy with your medical records as it pertains to um, a doctor or a nurse releasing it or, um, you know, it's a HIPAA violation. For example, if I get onto an elevator with another nurse and your cousin happens to be riding in the elevator and I say, oh my gosh, did you know that that Cameron did so-and-so. I mean, yeah, Cameron Jablowski, you know, in room 244. Okay, that's a huge <laughs> HIPAA violation. Because I've just said your name in somebody that doesn't need to know anything about your medical condition. Okay. 
that does not, that doesn't pertain to somebody asking to see your um, vaccination status card. That's not a HIPAA violation that you can say that, that it's none of their dang business, that it's a privacy thing, but don't throw HIPAA around. Cause that's not what that means. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing I've seen thrown about Facebook. This is a huge HIPAA violation. And it's like, mm, I'm pretty sure it's not. I got my court. Of course, I don't work in the medical field, so I don't, I don't know <laughs> that for sure. Um, but I, I kind of get where they're saying, okay, let's let's separate. You know, where people are arguing about let's separate the vaccinated people versus the non-vaccinated people and single single them out. And I can see it could be like some type of shaming or something. However, I also understand on the flip side, you know, they do want to keep everyone safe. Um, you know, I, I do I see both sides of the story, but I I, I do think that some of the stuff I've seen out there um, has been a little crazy on Facebook. Well, I'm, I'm just going to throw this, this out. I feel like everybody has the right either to be vaccinated or to not be vaccinated. There are compelling arguments for each way and that is your business and that's fine. I'm not going to condemn you for whatever you decide. Okay. Mm-hmm. None of my business. Mm-hmm. Just because you're vaccinated just because you're vaccinated does not mean that you are immune to COVID. And because you're not vaccinated does not mean that you are going to spread COVID or that you are at a, that, that you're going to cause problems with it. People who have been vaccinated still get COVID. So, so it, it concerns me the whole mask thing. Oh, we have the, the vaccinated people. So you don't have to wear a mask, but if you're, not vaccinated, you do that. That worries me that it gives a false sense of security to the people that have had a mask or that have had the vaccine, um, and it sets it up for just some ugliness. I I just have some real concerns about it. I'm I'm not sure what the right answer is, but I'm more leaning towards the you know if this is if you're going to hang closer than three to six feet with somebody that you don't live with and you're not with you probably should either have a mask on or just keep some social distance between you don't hang out with them for a long time if you're concerned about getting covid i agree my last thought on this national show thing here is i've seen people like how do we protest this let's get a petition going i think if you want to protest this or or, or you know backlash this i think the one thing and i, and I don't mean to say don't go to the national show because I, I, you know, I want the national show to be success. I want it to be profitable, but I, I think the almighty dollar is the one thing that you need to, if you want to protest anything, don't go to the national show, you know, don't spend your money with Adga right now at the national show. Let them see, Hey, this is how you are going to protest rather than signing a petition or doing something else. Because ultimately at the end of the day, if Adga takes a huge loss, they'll see that they made a mistake. Yes, it, and perhaps next year will look totally different from yeah. what it from what it's going to look this year. And honestly, I you know again trying to assume good intent. I think there's good intent that is trying to happen here. I just feel like we as a membership maybe have been bypassed on what we feel is right. I I don't need somebody to make decisions for me. 
You don't either, yep. Cameron. Nope. I do not. So I, think I, I would agree. You know, petitions yep. may not, we don't have a lot of time here, folks. <laughs> so, uh, you know, let, let your money, let your money do your talking. Yep. Talk to I your agree. directors. Tell, tell your directors, if you are unhappy, if you want things to change, um, kindly talk to your directors. Don't be hateful. They want things to be, they want things to be right just as much as you and I do. Um, you know, if you have a difference of opinion from your director, be respectful, listen to their side and ask them to, to respectfully listen to your side as well. Yes, I agree. That's, that's Laura. Any thoughts on the national show besides what we've covered? I can't wait. I'm glad we're doing yes. it this year. Yes, I am too. I will be there. Um, and, and, I'll be there. You know, so we'll both be there. I'm trying to do as much coverage as possible as well. Um, Laura, I, I, you know, this was fun. This was super. This is exactly what I had envisioned when we first talked about Goat Gab. Not a lot of structure, but great fun. Not a lot of structure, but great fun. I would agree with that. <laughs> um, as always, you can find us on Facebook and please keep giving us feedback. We really, you know, we really would like like to know what you want to hear and what you think. And, and if there's a topic you want us to discuss or uh, an outstanding guest that you think it's somebody that we should know, uh, put a bug in our ear. Cause we, we want to make this what you want, want to, to hear about too. So yes. uh, thank you for cool. giving us feedback and, and thank you for, if you can give us a, a good rating on Apple podcasts, we, we kind of would, would appreciate that too. Yes. Um, Laura, tell us where we can find you this weekend. Obviously, Memorial Day is the biggest weekend of the show. If you want to interact with us in person and see us at a goat show, where are you going next weekend? Oh, so I will be at Sedalia, Missouri, at the beautiful Missouri State Fairgrounds for the Boone Companions show. They've got a um, a four ring show going on four, four rings of milking does and two rings of junior does. So uh, that that's where I'm going to be. And you're going to be heading back to the Hoosier state this weekend. Yes, I am. We'll be at the banks of the Wabash classic in Cayuga, Indiana, two rings. Um, great day here. And then Laura, where are you going the week after that? Just so maybe. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. There are, that first weekend in June, there are a whole bunch of shows around. So um, right now, though, I've got staffing issues at my job. So I may be working that weekend and not getting to show anywhere. So uh, um, that's that's totally up in air. So. I will be in North Carolina at the Evan Evans Show judging. So again, feel free to interact with us. Give us feedback. Tell us what we're doing good. Tell us what we're doing bad. Do you have a problem with what we talk about? Tell us. We love feedback. Again, all feedback is a blessing. Um, so um, we've got some, I'm going to start organizing some of the topics here um, and then we'll look at implementing them probably in the second half of the year, the back half of the year. Um, it must be after we get to the national show stuff and too. So um, we're looking forward to that. And as always, thanks for listening. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. And see you at the shows. Yeah. <laughs>